You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls. Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hopson. Welcome to episode 132 of Sticks in the Six. I'm your host, Andrew, here with my co-host, Peter and Alex. Of course, brought to you by the fine folks at the NDL House in Toronto. And you can find us on the Hockey Podcast Network. Boys, uh, some goalie talk as we get to the Leafs uh, to a little bit later in this episode. But before we get going here, Peter, I'll throw it to you first. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Uh, you, you, today was probably a very eventful day because I I was dog sitting today uh, for one of my uh, sister's friends and been playing around with the dog, going for a long walk despite the you know forty degree heat outside. But yeah, it's been uh, really fun. Um, hopefully, this is a precursor to owning a dog myself at, at one point. But uh, yeah, really, really tuckered out because the dog really did nothing, and I was too tired to do anything. So yeah, dog basically took care of itself. So really, really happy with that. I mean, at least you're not getting weather like they have down in Arizona right now. I think they're hitting like 110 Fahrenheit uh, for five or six days Jeez. straight here. So you go outside yeah. and your shoes melt to the pavement. But um, definitely, definitely a little bit nicer weather out, out this way. Alex, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, boys. I've got two very non-hockey related pieces of discourse to bring up before we start the episode. Um, first of all, have either of you guys seen advertising for that that uh, True Classic Tees company on social oh, yeah. media? Oh, yeah. So I, f- I figured you would, Forbes, because I know that you've got Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if you do, Peter. Yeah, that's no, where, unfortunately, I don't. That's where I see the majority <laughs> of the ads. So um i just gotta say that i'm a little i'm a little embarrassed to admit this but i did buy a couple of those true classic tees uh the advertising was very creative and they did a good job selling it so i spent probably way too much money and bought a couple (laughs) of those t-shirts but i can't lie i'm i i'm being i swear to god i'm not being paid to say this boys i'm wearing one of these shirts right now and my god it's the most comfortable shirt i've ever worn ever (laughs) The material is just beautiful and it fits perfectly. And I like I, I know I sound like I'm reading a script right now, but honest to God, boys, I, <laughs> I, I I was feeling really shitty about myself for the amount of money that I spent on those three shirts for the past couple of weeks while I was waiting for it to ship. But they showed up today and they feel great. Like well I, worth it. I am. Yeah, I, I've never worn a more comfortable shirt. So <laughs> just had to get that out of the way. You know what? There's usually that uh, that that consumer uh guilt after you buy something you're unsure about it but once you get the product nine Dude, times out of ten buddy you're pretty feeling, happy especially when perfect. it comes from an instagram ad though <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ad. Like, <laughs> i just i didn't feel great about that but i'm sitting there watching that stupid ad that comes up the johnson what are you wearing that one it just yeah. pops up yeah. in my feed literally every time i open facebook and like I said, they did a good job selling it. So, anyways, that little seed of doubt out, from right? making the purchase to when it arrives. Oh God, I yeah. hope it's. I hope it's nothing, you know, terrible. I was really worried that I got spammed or spammed, scammed, and uh, Ooh, yeah. I, I'm glad to say that I don't think I was, even though I did spend an absurd amount of money on it. Um, also, I can't remember if I've mentioned this at all, but uh, I'm going to Europe for a couple of weeks in uh, on August 13th. And I got to get your opinion on this because um, I know you both of you guys are uh, you have both both of you have better better uh, cleaner facial hair than I do. 
Um, <laughs> I would like to uh, raise this question. I'm thinking when I go on that trip that I'm going to try a stash for the first time. Do it. Ooh. That's something I go for. Do it. It's the Euro, you think? Euro stash, buddy. Do it. Yeah. Man, if I if I could grow just a stash and not look like I should be driving a panel van, I would 100% grow one. Just I, you know, but dude, that's what I was like up until recently. I was I I could I never ever wanted to grow my facial hair out because it just looked awful. My beard looks semi full for the first time ever, and I think that for I think that for once my stash actually looks like it's it's filled in just enough that I can pull it off. I think I think, if, I think you can pull it off. I I think you can if you trim it down. Wait, even if you got like a little bit of that handlebar thing going on, you'll kind of look like a little bit like Mario or Luigi or something. I, Peter, I've not heard a better compliment than that. I will take it. <laughs> I, I can picture you right now with like a nice stash. You got a little bit of the uh, beard butter to kind of like curl up the sides a little bit oh and then yeah. you know, one of those one of those like manly manly super manly short sure. uh, bathing suits out on the European oh, the speedos <laughs> oh i'm not thinking speedos i'm thinking like like you know those little the like they're like above the knee the, like they're boxers but boxers. Yeah, they look like boxers i will uh, yeah you know what I, I i think i gotta do that um unfortunately we won't be going to italy on the trip so nah. if i was in italy i feel like i'd fit in a lot better but i know that the french have some decent mustaches and we are they going there to go. so. they do beautiful. Go. beautiful absolutely yeah. i'm all for I it say, i'm all I for say it. rocket rocket all right uh we might run the trial this weekend then i'm gonna I'm, i might <laughs> shave and just see how see how it looks maybe gauge the gauge the public's opinions for a little bit see what they think that's right. But uh, I think that for especially just for a two and a half week trip, I think I'm going to do it. I think I think there's a Twitter poll in, in there somewhere. I think there is, too. I, mm-hmm. I think I think I'm going to kick things off just with a selfie and just see what people think. Just don't make don't force them to make a decision. Just see what the general reaction is. And then <laughs> if I'm still unsure, I might go with the poll. There you go. There you go. go. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, as uh, you guys know, I went for a nice little procedure this morning. So if I'm a little out of it, or if I miss something, that's probably why I'm waking up off of a nice little lorazepam uh, nap this afternoon, mixed with a little bit of sertraline for my uh, my daily my daily intake. But uh, yeah, got the got the old boys snip. So two two kids. That's all we're gonna have here in the Forbes family. Hopefully, unless somehow my powerful vas deference decides to uh, reconnect at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say there was uh, the guys that work, uh, the guys that run the morning show in the uh, the rock station in the building that I work in. The guys that shout out Soper and Brown, uh, those are my buddies. They're the guys that dunked me and and all that shit after the Leafs won around. Um, the one guy went for his his dad procedure. Um, uh, I want to say it was a couple months ago and his co-host went with them and turned it into like a five minute TikTok. So I, ne- oh, <laughs> next no. time you go for a medical procedure, I expect to see some content out of it. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This, thing. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it would have been a pretty somber, somber piece of content. Like I walked into this room. It was like, I was doing a walk of shame down the hallway with the nurse, just <laughs> quietly oh. introducing herself. And then you get in the room and the doctor immediately came in and he's like, everything but your shirt and your socks off. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So get it off, jump on the table. I lay back and there's a poster of 12 different airplanes up on the thing, just trying to distract you while your balls are getting oh, mutilated. <laughs> oh, I love how that, that was the first thing that he said when you, when he just walked in and so like, okay, nothing to like calm the nerves or anything. Yeah. Just right, right to it. Oh man. It was way better than the consult. The consult, he just like, he grabbed them and he's like, 
he's like, I guess, feeling around for where he's got to do his little incision or whatever. And he says, uh, so what Costco do you work at? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I looked at him and he was making eye contact. And I was like, okay, no, this is, this is weird. This that's is weird. A, that, that's a little weird. That's he's a little gonna, awkward he, he's at gonna, that point. He's going to come into your Costco at some point and he's going to look, he's going to see you from across and be like, hey, I cupped your ball sack last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now the biggest, now the biggest event is going to be just uh, give, providing him with a sample a little bit later to make sure it's all good. But, <laughs> anyways, enough about uh, vasectomy talk here to start the show. Vasect and the six. <laughs> the sect and the six. Oh, that's um, a rebrand right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take that uh, before Elon Musk does. That's right. That's right. Ours, ours will be a little bit better, hopefully. Um, <laughs> anyways, gentlemen, lots of lots of hockey talk. We're going to try and keep this one short this afternoon. Um, but uh, some some news around the league to start off. Obviously, Rocky Wirtz, owner of the Chicago Blacks, Blackhawks, passed away. Um, you know, we've talked about the Blackhawks organization in the past on this show and, and, and some of the things that they've gone through, especially in the last couple of seasons. So, obviously, this is a, a polarizing moment for the organization, a polarizing moment for the, the Wirtz family. And uh, it, uh, it, you know, especially with what's happened with that organization over the last little while. So, um, obviously to his family, you know, we, we send the best, but, uh, from that point on, like, I mean, there's, there's, the, short I think there's gonna... the shortcomings still yeah, linger th- over. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Recent, recent memory. Um, it, it's, you know, it's still wearing a shadow over, over yeah. this particular news. And I know there's not much else we can say about it. Uh, obviously that, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of leap from that, uh, right off the hop here and we we'll get into the, uh, the Patrice Bergeron retirement news. I think everybody kind of knew this was coming last season with the uh, with the Bruins and how well they did. It was almost like this last dance type of feeling. Um, Krejci returns, Bergeron returns. You know, Allmark has this unbelievable season. The team just goes on an absolute tear only to be knocked out in the first round. Um, Bergeron, I mean, Peter, I'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on him as a player, him as a as a uh, you know all around talent, and then him as a potential first ballot Hall of Famer when it comes time. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, you you could call it the last dance, but literally, like this is the equivalent to the Maple Leafs are or nothing, where you know you go in have the season that you did, and then you know you, you have that first round exit, which is very disappointing. And yeah, I we we kind of thought it was about to happen when he signed that one year deal um heading into the season and then all of a sudden you know yeah they had that record-breaking year and then the results of the first round happened and you know it, it just seemed that it was very quiet on that front nothing seemed to like come out of it and then all of a sudden you know he comes out saying that he retired and it's um it, I, I must say even though he was a Boston Bruin it was bittersweet for me because out of all the players, out of all the teams, out of all the rivals that the Maple Leafs have faced, I have always loved and appreciated Patrice Bergeron. I think we could all attest to that just by the way that he played the game, the 200-foot game that he played on both sides of the puck. Again, the Selkie trophies, like you mentioned, six of them already, um, or to his credit, uh, also the Stanley Cup in uh, 2012, 2013, I believe. Um he, he was an all round like he wasn't the best offensive producer, but man, was he ever consistent being a 60, 70 point guy and just laying it all on the ice and being a very vocal and strong leader on and off the ice. And it attests to the leadership presence that they had in that room. And he was at the forefront of that. Um, 
Yeah, uh, definitely a first ballot. No question about that. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. But um, yeah, it, it, it really goes to show the character and presence that he brought to that team. And it's definitely going to be missed. Alex, I mean, we're talking about a guy who may have been the bit, one of the biggest thorns in the side of the Maple Leafs, but uh, really a stand-up, classy player throughout his career. Your thoughts on Patrice Bergeron as he closes out his NHL career? Yeah, I think I summed it up pretty perfectly in a tweet on the day that he retired where I said that you set the scene of Game 7 in 2013. Patrice Bergeron was the guy that put the nail in the coffin of the game that, that was, made yeah. me scream so hard and so loud and put me through so much anguish that I burst blood vessels in my eyelids and all up and down my cheeks. I, I went to school the next day in a Leafs jersey and got humiliated for it. It was the worst 48 hours of my life. And yet still, I'm going to miss Patrice Bergeron a little bit. So uh, that's that's pretty much my testament to uh, – that's a testament to how I feel about him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, in – over a decade of Bruins players that I just I, I hated and I wanted nothing to do with. Patrice was one guy that I could never, I could never really hate. I hated him on the ice because he was so good and he he loved playing against the Leafs. He torched them every single time they played together. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a different league without a minute. And uh, he's at a, it's a pretty high point for him to go out on. So uh, it's uh, yeah, good for, good for him. Uh, amazing career and uh with all due respect i'm glad that the bruins saw the fate that they did in his last year yeah no absolutely i mean you're talking about a guy who uh put up 427 goals 1040 points in 1294 regular season games uh, obviously peter you mentioned the accolades the stanley cup the gold medals internationally what he did for for canada on the global stage um, it would have been amazing to see him play one more one more international yeah. best on best. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But even his playoff points, I mean, 50 goals, 128 points in 170 career playoff games. He's he's I mean, he, he was on top of the game and, and not solely for his offensive ability, but the way that he played a 200 foot game. He really changed um, what you looked for in a top end center. And he was that he was that guy. He just fit in in all aspects of the game. His record setting six Selkies is, is, is a testament to that as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of players in the league now that probably looked up to him uh, during their playing days. And on top of that, I mean, like you. Uh Oh, to the beginning of his career, I know he had that concussion and, and um, he had, uh, you know, a few injuries right off the hop and, um, you know, there was some question marks if he'd ever play play in the NHL again. And and uh, here he is now, 19 seasons later and, and uh, potentially a first ballot Hall of Famer with the with the uh, with the numbers and the accolades that he has. So big shout out to Patrice Bergeron for staying classy his entire career. We know how easily it can be. Uh, it can kind of get to your head and, and, and you know, you, you make those mistakes. But he's he's been one guy on the on the good side of basically everything, even. I think back to when when the Bruins here signed uh, Mitchell Miller, and he was one of the first players mm-hmm. to come out and comment on that. And again, just pure they class, yeah, pure class, and uh, a guy that will be sorely missed amongst the Boston Bruin faithful. Uh, us here in amongst Leafs Nation certainly will not miss you on the ice, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 miss the class for sure, and uh, we wish you all the best in retirement. 
just want to correct myself. It was 2011 that they won the cup. I'm still thinking about 2013 when he scored the tying end game winning goal, as Alex mentioned. So yeah, it, 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 clearly that still re- resonates with all of us in a bad way. <laughs> it's the first thing that comes to your head when you think of Patrice Bergeron. Oh yeah. First thing I think about when someone mentions Patrice Bergeron is James Reimer laying face down on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Not wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, boys. Um, but uh, let's jump over to uh, Leaf Talk. Um, Ilya Samsonov, arbitration happened. 3.55 is what he signed to. One-year deal. Uh, Alex, I'm going to get your take on this first. Ilya Samsonov, is this uh, is this a good price take for this guy, or what What are we talking about here? I think in terms of value, 3.55 is a great contract for him. Um, obviously... You know, it's it's only one year, so that's how you're getting him at that price. But for a guy that, you know, dropped a save percentage that was at, what, 919 last year, um, a goals against average that was below 230. I mean, this is a guy that, and, you know, he was the goalie in between the pipes when the Leafs finally got out of the first round. And you can say whatever you want about his stats on the ice during that series. And all I'll say is think about game three and four when he when he shut the door in overtime against Tampa Bay. His under 900 save percentage looks a lot better when you consider that. And on the other opposite end of that, you go and you look at Jack Campbell's 934 save percentage against Montreal in 2021. Doesn't really matter because he let that Brendan Gallagher goal in in Game Seven, the one that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not hanging on that. But uh, the point, it, the point is, is that he was consistent last year. He was good for the Leafs, and he was a guy that gave him a chance to win way more often than he didn't. So. Uh, I think at 3.55, it's good value for both sides here. And I think it's equally good side or good value for the Leafs because for as much as he played well last year and as much as I think that there's some serious potential that he could be a number one guy in the league for a long time, uh, it was only one year. And, you know, I'm personally erring on the side of give him a chance because I think that there's more to his game than just one year. I don't think he was a one-off. But you always have to prepare for the reality and not prepare for the potential that he has. So the reality is that he did really well last year, but he also had three, two not-so-great seasons and then one decent season before that. So I'd much rather them settle at one year and see what he can do this year and see if he can if he can step up and, and show everybody that this year was not a fluke in 2023-24. Uh, and I think once you uh, once he proves that he can repeat his performance more than once, I think at that point you start talking about um, an extension and bringing him back long term or at least somewhat long term for a couple of years. Either way, right now I think that it was probably the best possible outcome for both sides. Um, I'm excited to see what he does this year and if he repeats his success or if he even shows you know a fraction of it no I won't say a fraction but if he if he stacks up and has a performance that's comparable to what he did last year then I'd be happy to bring him back for more than one year but as of right now I think the one-year deal was probably the right call yeah Peter uh your thoughts on Samsonov's arbitration filing yeah, I thought that maybe he may have had a case where maybe he would have. Obviously, it was going to be a short-term deal, whether that was one, two, or three years. I think that was going to be the biggest question mark. I think that maybe he would have liked to have had a little bit secure, a little bit of security, where maybe he wouldn't have to, you know, have to worry about what his where he's going to play next season. But overall, I think this is another good bet on yourself kind of situation because now the Maple Leafs have said, listen. You basically came in betting on yourself last season at 1.8. 
you did that. We're giving you the pay increase. Now try and prove to us that you're worth the long-term investment where you can put up those consistent numbers. And I, I, I think that this is a great situation for him because if he does, he's going to earn maybe even more than just three years, four or five, maybe six, and maybe a little bit more of an increase. Maybe you could get him at five million and that may be a little bit more of a better deal where you have the consistency because we know how, how not necessarily poorly, but how, um, as I think the Maple Leafs are to give that kind of money, that kind of term for one good year. So I think that that's really good value. I think I, I love the value of 3.55. And also I think it kind of works in the Maple Leafs favor as well, where maybe if he does play well and he prices himself out of his range, we're already getting to that already before he even plays a game, <laughs> uh, his second uh, season as a Maple Leaf. But if he has another good season and he signs long-term elsewhere at higher AAV than the Maple Leafs are willing to give, then I think that opens up the door for Joseph Wall as a potential starter because we saw how much of a stride he took this season coming in in tough situations in the regular season and even in the playoffs for Samsonov. And he looked really good. He showed great poise, great confidence, really great rebound control. And he tracked the puck very, very well. That was the biggest thing for me. So I think that opens the door for him. But in terms of Samsonov, what he was able to do as, you know, uh, he, he basically put himself as a top goaltender in that league where you have a uh, five on five save percentage. He ranked eighth goals against average fifth goal saved above average. He was 12th and high danger save percentage was first. And that to me is huge because, you know, we, we saw how Jack Campbell fared in that uh, category the previous year and it wasn't pretty at all. So the fact that he was able to do that shows some consistency and then have the performance that he did down the stretch and into the, playoffs it's really big and i think that he really earned that contract um now it's up to now it's on him to try and earn more years and prove that he's still going to be the starter for the maple leafs down the line <clears throat> yeah no i couldn't agree more i think uh if you look at it he had a career year for himself um you know four shutouts on top of it uh i think you're getting to that point now with, with sammy where like you're it's still a very small sample size with 131 games, but you're getting to a point where you can more see what what's expected of this guy moving forward. And I think the one year deal is perfect because one, you get a little bit more development for guys like Hildeby, Pexa, Akdiamov. Uh, you know, you have them coming up through the, through the development program with the Maple Leafs on top of that, the cap goes up next year. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Sammy wants, Sammy wants a little bit more, uh, more money, like, next year might be the opportunity that he gets to sign for, for a bigger deal. And whether it be with the Leafs or not, uh, uh, you know, that's a discussion that uh, obviously we'll have to wait and have later, but um, yeah, I, I think he proved himself last year. I think he ran into a few injury troubles um, throughout the season and, and in the playoffs. So, I mean, that hurt him, I think. Um, but that being said, I mean, there's no reason why this guy can't make his, make his bag next season and, um, and come back with a little bit more dough. So, uh, I, I think it's a great deal. I think it puts the Leafs in a good position. Obviously, he's going to be your starter. I think, uh, obviously, at this point, they have to run with Joseph Wall as their backup. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's going to come down to how, how this goaltending duo can can really affect them, uh, you know, throughout the season and if they can steal some games for them. And, and I'm sure this is going to be a conversation that uh, the three of us have all year long on whether, you know, goaltending is going to be the main issue with the Leafs. But, um before we jump over to Matt Murray, obviously it kind of ties in with this conversation. Um, a quick word from our sponsors over at DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. 
bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. The state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Well, with the goaltending situation the way, the way it is now for the Leafs, um, Matt Murray, obviously, it was announced that he'll be put on long-term IR with injuries that uh, – I guess he's been suffer or suffering with since last season. Uh, Peter, we'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on Matt Murray. Is this, is this going to be a year long thing? Um, how does this play out for the Leafs? And maybe it's the best case scenario. Yeah, definitely best case scenario. Cause it was either going to be, you know, LTIR or a trade. And if you were probably going to trade him, you're probably going to add an additional asset that you probably needed to sweeten the deal. So a team could try and take him on. Or the other option is just going to be just get the best possible return for him, even if it's like, you know, a seventh round pick or whatever. But, you know, the fact that they put him on LTIR, the fact that they freed up not necessarily a whole lot of cap space, but with him on LTIR, wasn't on LTIR, you know, just, I believe, 1.29 or in between 1.29 and 1.8 million above the cap. So it kind of works in their favor that they – they're just above that limit as opposed to being way over it. So it works in their favor. But at the same time, I mean, it sucks because we were rooting for Murray to try and have a bounce back season. And, you know, it looked like he was having that in November, December, but then the injury started to kick in and that was the big issue. And the fact that he had a hard time staying healthy and even his play kind of were, was affected by that as well. Um, it really is disappointing to see because you have to feel for the guy, number one, because he comes back and then, you know, the Maple Leafs don't even dress him in the playoffs and they like to go with Wall over Murray as the backup instead. So Murray, uh, Wall has already surpassed him on the depth chart at this point. And obviously they got, you know, extra guidance and assistance from doctors or whatever. And if they said that he's unfit to play, might as well just throw him on LTIR to see if he can try and get healthy. Same thing with the Muzzin situation. Hopefully they try and work something out where maybe if he is ready to play, you activate him, then you have a trade set. Fine. But if he's going to be on there all season, kind of like Muzzin, um, it's probably just for the best to let him play it out. And maybe this might be the end of his career. We don't know how serious the injury is or what he's dealing with, but you know, it, it, it really does suck because, you know, it, 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 again, I've been rooting for him to try and turn things around. But at the same time, if he's unable and unfit to play, 
he's got to stay there. And then until he gets clearance, until they have something in place where they can shed his cap, then it's the best outcome no matter what. Alex, um, your thoughts on, on Matt Murray. Is this uh, is this the end of maybe the road for Matt Murray uh, in the NHL? Or, or are we looking at a guy that, you know, little cap circumvention which is going to be the accusations on least twitter for the next year um and it's already it already is among fan bases against the police i saw that yeah yeah i mean i i it's one of those things that i'm just not going to speculate on i know that there is probably a decent chance that there's some cap circumvention going going on here and if that's the case Tampa did it. Vegas did it. Montreal did it. Every team does it. So, you know, at this point, it's just with eight and nine million dollar players. Mind yeah, we're doing it with a goalie that's had an injury history. Exactly. And, you know, on top of that, I don't really want to speculate because the reality is these these LTIR acquisitions, I guess, if you want to call it that they have to go through NHL doctors. So there has to be a This is not some conspiracy of the Leafs, you know you know, locking Matt Murray in a room and putting him on a video call with Brad for living and just being like, Hey buddy, listen, you're going to pretend that you're injured because we need some cap relief and we're sending you to Robita Island. I know that's the joke that everyone makes, but like in reality, there is likely something preventing him from being hundred percent healthy. I know it looks a little suspicious with that tweet from following the following the playoff run saying I was ready to go if called upon. Um, but we'll just have to see. Um, I, 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 I feel bad. Like Peter said, I feel bad because I was rooting for a Murray comeback as well. Um, he's a, you know, everything that he showed in his during last year, he seemed like a class act. He seemed like a guy that was well-liked and in, you know, you want to see a guy bounce back, but in reality, he didn't really have a bounce back compared to what he did in Ottawa and what he did in Pittsburgh is he had a season that was pretty similar to what he's, what he typically does. So yeah, I think that, um, it's unfortunate but probably the best case scenario, all things considered. And uh, I hope if I, I hope that his health is good and uh, I hope it's not the end of his career. I hope he gets an opportunity somewhere else because he is still pretty young. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, in terms of the circumvention conversation, I mean, obviously you have to look at what, what happened to him last year and he was in and out of the lineup with injuries. The Leafs obviously didn't feel com- comfortable going to him in the playoffs, so that's why they went with Wall. So there's obviously something that was still lingering there. Um, and, and on top of that, I mean, the head injuries, there's no real timeline for the, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. to see him uh, go LTIR, I, I, I don't, I wasn't surprised. Um, hence my, hence my piece about why the Leafs need to trade him rather than uh, buy him out. But obviously, they can't do that when he's he's had an injury. So. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's right now it's it's the perfect thing for the Leafs knowing where they were at with the cap. Uh, I don't think, you know, having him kind of with his unknowns in the lineup versus having Joseph Wall, it's it's kind of a fair trade off at this point, uh, especially with what Wall's shown over the last year. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, it, it opens up that space to make sure that you have your lineup ready to go and you don't have to, you don't have to wave Connor Timmons at this point either. So that that's an added bonus to what, uh, what you get from, from this whole situation. But I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I was on the, I was on the Murray train um, from the start of last year. I was hoping that, you know, we'd see a, a bounce back Stanley cup run from this guy, but you know, obviously there's more to it than, than just, uh, just the, uh, the constant injuries and, and hopefully he can, find a way back in the league after this and, and uh, 
you know, get another opportunity. I just think goalies at this point in time are, are a lot like running backs. And, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing guys like, um, you know, Aiden Hill go out and help win a Stanley cup. And, and I know I've mentioned him five or six times over the last five or six podcasts, but there's a guy that nobody thought would go out and win a Stanley cup. And he was part of a duo, him and Laurent Borsal that uh, went out and won a cup for Vegas. And, you know, not a big name goaltender, but they had the big names playing in front of them. And it certainly helps. So I think that that's where you're at with goaltending in the NHL at this point, obviously if you can get a star star in net, it, it helps, but I don't think it's the end all be all. If you have a guy like Joseph wall that could go on a run and, and help you out. So, um, Aside from that, let's talk a little bit about William Nylander. And this is this may be the conversation that continues to happen over the next little while. Whether we like it or not, his contract is the biggest conversation in Leafs Nation right now uh, outside of you know Matthew's contract, which does not seem to be getting nearly as much conversation, I guess, because people just simply assume that Matthews will sign. But William Nylander, Alex... Um, comparable to the contract that we saw with Sebastian Ajo this, uh, just yesterday, or are we still looking at a guy that might get under 10 million more towards the nine, five, 9 million mark with, uh, with N- Willie. It's tough to say because offensively, I think they're very comparable and I think Willie might be a tad better offensively. That having been said, Ajo's plays center and he's a lot better defensively. Uh, I don't know if I really see it being too, too much of a comparable. Um, I think if they are being compared, then I think that that would put Willie as lucky to get any more than $9 million a year. Because like I said, Aho is a center and he plays, he's uh, he plays center and he's better defensively than Willie is. So um, it's tough to say if they're comparable, I would, I would probably say I'd, I'd err towards the side if they're not um, just because they're, they're, they play different positions. And if you want to compare them, you're really just looking at their offensive game. But given that Ajo got 9.5 million, I probably don't want to give Willie any more than nine at this point. Peter, your thoughts on uh, the Ajo Nylander comparison? Yeah, as soon as the, even that deal hit, I thought that there's probably no way that Nylander is going to be budging from like nine, 10 million because if. Aho is again like Alex said. Aho is a centerman, so he's going to get more value or a little bit more incentive than that because centers are are, are important. They're, like you mentioned, uh, goaltenders being running backs, centers are basically quarterbacks because they're high value. Like all the top players in the league are basically centermen at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that if you are looking at it, it's all just offensive comparables because they have been at the same rate playoff production they both shine um now again like alex said and even e- e- even if you don't know the difference between the two and you've only seen like one or two games of each player play you can tell that aho is the better well-rounded player overall um can do everything and he can basically play uh, uh in any situation that you want him to um i think that it, I, I do think that it, it may not be a comparable, but I think it's a starting point for Nylander to say, hey, you know what? If he's getting 9.75, I'm on the same pace as him. I, I like If he's going to command the same amount, the Maple Leafs are going to counter, well, yeah, he is a center. Wing, wingers can come and go. But if you want, we'll probably give you $9 million and 9.5, but you're not going to be making any more than him. And I think that may be a little bit fair, 
considering how he deserves an increase. And that would be a significant increase over the 6.9 that he made previously. So if it's in that 9, 9.5 range, I, I do agree. I think that is extremely fair. But if he still sees himself as a $10 million guy, he has every right to try and see, get that on the market. But I highly doubt he will. Yeah, I have a hard time right now believing that William Nylander is going to take a step back and, and say, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take $9 million. Um, Obviously, you know, it'd be great to see him do that. I just, from the history of Nylander's holding out, and uh, you know, just knowing what he's, how productive he's been offensively for a team that, at times, have has has had inconsistent offensive output. Um, you know, I I do I do foresee him pushing for that ten million dollar mark, and and like you said, I mean, he's he's earned every opportunity to do that. I think he deserves to to go for what he wants. I just think he might end up playing somewhere else in the long run if this continues to to play out the same way that it has throughout his career at this point um but uh yeah with with that said uh this is like i said it's going to be it's going to be a kind of a storyline that we sit back and watch until it's it's reconciled obviously he's got a year left on his contract he will be with the leafs this year unless something crazy happens in the next couple of weeks um so while we while we follow this story it might be the best time to sit back and have a nice cold one from the indie ale house um Hockey it will soon be back in well just uh, just over a month now, boys. And uh, already a it, month. Well, yeah, you got training <laughs> camps and everything else opening up. Hockey will be back, and with it, so will the Maple Leafs getting ready for a night out of watching the game or at home with the gang. What better way to do it than with a nice cold one from the folks at the NDL House in Toronto? With two locations in the city at Italy Bay and uh, Toronto Bay and Bloor, the Biroteca location. They have two big screens, amazing authentic Italian food, and loads of beer. Also at OG Brew Pub in the junction at Keel and Dundas with 120 seats, famous bar food, and 12 taps. Indie Ale House is an award-winning brewery featuring their flagship Instigator IPA and dozens of rotating monthly special release beers. Perfect for takeout, dine-in, or bottle shop online orders when planning for game night. You can find Instigator IPA and Marco Polo Pilsner at finer LCBOs across the province as well. Hashtag live indie is the motto adventurous fun focused beers with a selection for everyone from a healthy dose of in your face hoppy beers to the beer geeks to mainstream pilsners and easy drinking options. Indie Ale House is the go to for game day. Um, boys, before we close it out here, I wanted to touch on one more comment that was made on a uh, recent podcast, uh, not ours, another podcast. Um, it was Sean Avery on talking about, um, talking about Ryan Reeves and the, the Revo show and how he makes it all about himself. And I just want to get your guys take on where you see Ryan Reeves fitting in as, as maybe that guy in the room or, or the guy that uh, can maybe bring this team a little bit more life when it, when it, you're talking about the interactions between teammates, uh, Alex, I'll throw it to you first. I think, you know, Reeves is somebody who the moment, from the moment he signed the deal, my thought was, okay, that's a bad contract. Probably shouldn't be giving an enforcer over a million a year for three years. <laughs> but I know that the second he goes on the ice and does something, I'm going to, I'm going to be all over him and I'm going to love him. And truth be told, much like I say, you shouldn't speculate on, and, and I, I know these two topics are two completely different things, but much like I say, you shouldn't speculate on, players injuries and you know their LTIR eligibility and stuff I also think you shouldn't speculate on what a dressing room 
um, what like what a guy like Reeves does for a dressing room. Because you might say, oh, well, you know, he's not going to do anything. He's going to go out there and he's going to pull a Simmons and get stuck on the bench and look really mad from the bench, but not actually fight anybody, right? I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily. I mean, I, I think it will be the case, but I think that his impact in the dressing room is going to be something that fans don't feel, but the team will feel. And uh, I think it'll all depend on how they play this year. And I, I think that this is one of the better Leafs teams we've seen heading into a season starting from opening opening night. So um, I am interested to see how, uh, how how things start. But I think that I, I, I would disagree with Avery. I don't think he's going to try and make it about himself. If he can manage to make things about himself in the Toronto market, then kudos to him. Let him take all the attention. Honestly, uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's really going to fly in Toronto. But uh, like I said, uh, I, I don't I didn't play in the NHL, so maybe I'm breaking my own my own rule here by speculating. Yeah, no, and uh, Peter, your thoughts on on Revo coming in and and uh, what what he means to this lineup? Um, yeah, I mean, we basically heard it at his uh, introductory conference when he signed that contract. Basically, he's there to be a vocal presence. He's there to break people out of their shell and get the team talking and get that team camaraderie going because it seemed like that was lacking because um, – what was it? Keith said that they didn't have a team meal until after they actually won the series. And then Luke Shen, or it was Luke Shen that said that. What are the two? But you kind of got a sense that this team is very reserved. I think Reeves is being brought in to get them out and be a little bit more vocal, be a little bit more outgoing because he has that personality. He has that presence on and off the ice. I can do that. And you know, you even hear him talk, uh, you know, talk up John Klingberg, where he said, you know, that, he, yeah, he was good with the puck. He was even showing, you know, ability to come back and help out defensively, even though he was an offensive type of player. Then we hear because we hear all the negative comments about Klingberg being a defensive liability, being a risk taker and everything like that. Reason's building up one of his former t- one of his uh uh, a teammate that uh, he was uh, with with the Minnesota Wild when he signed with Toronto, when both of them signed with Toronto. So I don't understand how this is becoming a Ryan Reeves show when he's, you know, building players up and giving them, you know, the motivation and ability that for or the ability in order to succeed with this team. So I think he's going to do whatever he can to be vocal. He's going to be a positive impact no matter what. And we already saw that with his comments already before he even wore a Maple Leaf jersey. I think it's all about the source. You know how when you're in school, they tell you not to use Wikipedia as a source. I think yeah. Sean Avery's your source. Um, <laughs> and with that, I'm not going to take much from it. But um, I, from what I've heard, and again, Alex, we don't like to speculate too much. Um, you know, Reeves is the type of guy that has the team parties, has people over mm-hmm. for dinner, you know, gets gets people going. And I think that's... That's what this team needs. The team has been a bunch of individuals for a long time. They need more of that that kind of leadership by by doing rather than that leadership by saying. And I think Revo is the type of guy that's going to come in here and, and and really put that put that in practice. And hopefully that's something that can bring this team together and help them over the hump and, and get them to that next level. But again, I think the source is everything. And uh, I'm trying not to take too much too much away from what was said simply because you know goon versus rat and i think the goon will usually come out on top so boys just a, a little breaking news live on sticks in the six Vladdy. while we're doing this yep Vladdy. yeah looks like vladimir tarasenko has signed a one-year contract with the senators the sends one year Ooh, five yeah. million 
Ooh. That's actually a good – that's a really good signing. That is a very good signing. That is a very hopefully, good signing. Not for the Leafs. Can... We don't want to see him in, in the in the East. <laughs> I mean, for the sense, it's really good because then you could fill the void of the offense loss by DeBrincat. So we'll see where this goes. Um, but, again, it's not forwards. It's not defense. It's goaltending. That's the big question mark with the sense at this point. So let me let me ask you this: Would you would you argue that Tarasenko might actually be a better replacement than DeBrincat? I wouldn't say a better replacement because he has shown struggles this pat like last season and even with the New York Rangers. But I think he could still provide the offense every now and then, or at least some sort of offense, because what they got in the trade for DeBrincat wasn't all that appealing. So now you got a, a goal scorer that has been that has shown to put the puck in the back of the net and be an offensive producer. So um, I, I, I I'm not sure if it's an upgrade considering where to bring at was at, but I think it's still a good signing. The only reason I say upgrade is because I think he plays a little bit more physically. Um, he, he doesn't mind yeah. bumping players off the puck. He still has that scoring ability. Yes, he's had some in- inconsistencies, but so has Debrinket over his career as well so far. So um, yeah. I, I, I like the signing. I hate that he came to the Atlantic. Uh, that means the Leafs are going to see him a little bit more. Um, and he's got one hell of a shot. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what he does uh, does against the Leafs. But we might have a new Leaf killer in the Atlantic. Hopefully not. Hopefully one, he's traded to a contender at the deadline. One retires, one signs here. I'm, I'm waiting for the Sean Sean Simpson uh, tweet that the the Senators are now better than the Leafs. But we'll, we'll there's talk already about I've already seen a number of tweets. <laughs> oh, it's already happened. Saying that they saying that they the, the parade. They're bold predictions that they're they're gonna have a better season than the Leafs. Sends Sens Nation, baby. Sends Nation. I mean, wasn't that said last year? And look where the Sens ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, boys, uh, I got a nice little uh, nice little text from from my good buddy at work uh, with a pair of scissors and uh, two apples. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ice the bag. Uh, <laughs> Make sure that we keep him from swelling up. But uh, he's other... got high praise for you if he wow. picked apples. He does. <laughs> he does. He does. No, none of those little yellow plums or anything like that. But, um, anyways, gentlemen, anything else before you guys wanted to close out this show? Nothing for me. Yeah, I'm all good. All right, boys. Get, as get al- some rest, Forbesy. Absolutely. Yeah, I will. I will. As I always, follow all of us on Twitter at Andrew G Forbes at a Hobson Media and at P Barracchini. You can follow the show at Sticks in the Six Pod. That's S T I X I N T H E Six I X P O D. If you're heading to a concert or a, a live uh, live sporting event, make sure you use Seat Geek uh, promo code Sticks in the Six. That's S T I C K S I N T H E Six I X. Uh, that's promo code sticks in the six to get $20 off your first purchase. Um, and other than that, make sure you hit us up on all of our socials, Instagram, YouTube, big shout out to, uh, the Indie Ale House and the hockey podcast network as well for having us on. And, uh, gentlemen, until next week, we will be sure to have a quick shifts episode midweek at some point, but, uh, until then that's it for us here on Sticks in the Six.